Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 60. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So today we are joined by Elizabeth McCourt. Now Elizabeth is a certified leadership coach, speaker and writer. In a background in executive recruiting and the financial services for nearly 20 years, she works with high level individuals and teams as a strategic partner in both their professional and personal goals. Elizabeth, it's great to have you on the show. Oh, Jeff, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. So Elizabeth, can you just tell us a little bit about the journey that brought you here today? Absolutely. I um, I actually am a leadership expert. And what I like to tell people, tell people in social circles, I help people find their inner warrior. But really what I do is I help leaders um, further develop their leadership skills so that they can be more authentic um, and more powerful leaders in achieving their goals. And I don't mean sort of a hands down power, but being yeah. able to establish deep connections so that they um, reach their goals and inspire their teams. And, and the way I do this is through executive coaching at workshops. I do professional speaking and writing. And so everything I do is really to the core of my mission is developing better leaders with deep connection. Brilliant. And what, what sort of got you onto this, this road of helping people with the leadership skills? You know, it's, it's really funny because I was just talking the other day, I say everything that you've done really leads you to where you are. And my route has been, has been really varied. I've done investment banking, a lawyer, and, and probably the most recent job was that I was an executive headhunter for uh, 17 years. I still do it a little bit. And I found that I had a different approach. It was very much uh, not trying to jam a square peg in a round hole, but I really was interested in the development of people and where they wanted to, to go with their careers and their lives. And so I worked in a very different realm. And I just got to the point where so I'm a kind of an education nerd. I, I really am always looking for ways to better my skills. And I got to coach myself to figure out what was my next move. I loved it, decided that this was something that would enhance my own work. I think I just told myself that so I would, you know, not think about being an entrepreneur, but eventually it just turned out that this was really where my passion lied and all my skills of what I've done and really just sort of expand full force in, in this career that I've decided to embark on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how life sort of throws those, those experiences and those curveballs and what you, if you're, I guess it's if you're willing to look for the, uh, learn, willing to look on that journey and reflect and stuff, it's amazing the kind of answers that can show up. You know, it's so true. I think sometimes we don't see it at the time when you're, or you're in the thick of it. It often doesn't feel like you're, maybe you're doing anything or you're on the right path. But then if you go back and reflect, um, I, I know that my experience is, is different. I've had a, perhaps a more curvy path than some, but yeah. that certainly makes me better able to adapt and to, to really be able to speak with people with, with both my expertise and then a depth of understanding. Brilliant. Brilliant. So for you, what do you, 
I always like asking this question to people who work with leadership. What makes a good leader? What makes a good leader is, I hate to overuse the word authentic, but I, I think you really, as a leader, there's a sort of a multitude of things, but really I think one of the most important things is really being clear on your values and what you want to project and achieve in this world. And I, I don't necessarily mean that monetarily, although that certainly can be a factor for some and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think if you can really know who you are as a leader hmm. and invite your team or people around you into a dialogue so that not only do they understand who you are, but you actually open yourself up so that you can have a dialogue and understanding with who they are. I think you can really elevate a conversation and also elevate a work ethic if people get you know, sort of on board with the mission or the values of, I always say there's the organization's values and mission, there's your own values and mission, and then there's also the people that are surrounding you and, and what's important to them. And if you can tap into those, I think, you know, sky's the limit as a leader. Yeah, because it's an interesting one, because I suppose is I know my experience in, in, in work before I sort of started my own business was, Obviously, like every industry, you get good and get you get bad in, uh, leaders. But one of the things that seems to be quite common in my experiences was the people that, you know, start off on the factory floor or start off in in the post room or whatever it is, and they work their way up. And then all of a sudden, is because they've had that experience, they get plunked into that managerial role. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they don't necessarily have the required skills to be a leader. They just have the knowledge of the right. of that of that business, um, and do you find that that's a common thing in in your experiences? I I think there, I think you're right. We've we've all experienced really bad leaders, and I, I love that story of the scrappiness of someone that went from the ground up mm. um, to be a leader. But you but you're right. It's being um, a worker is different than leading an organization or a team. And there are, you know, you can't be everybody's friend. You have to be clear on what your goals are. You have to really be able to communicate those things effectively. And I think, I think there's an opportunity for everybody to be a leader in whatever they do. I don't mm -hmm. care if you're you know, a mom, if you're a student body president, if you're leading a small firm, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're leading a big firm, I think that we need to have a more expansive view of quote unquote, what a leader can be. But there are, you know, there are ways to learn how to be a better leader. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for you, what's, do you have any um, tips or strategies that can help people to become a better leader in their, either in their lives or in their, in their business, as you were saying before? Many, many tools, but let's, I'll try and focus on just <laughs> yeah, a few that will be really <laughs> useful to your audience. Um, I think, you know, the one thing is that simplicity of really having that reflection on what's important to you. What are your values? What really drives you? What really excites you? I mean, that's not to say that every bit of your work is going to be exciting, but if you can be mm. on the core values then I think that you can actually have more focus on what you want to achieve. I think that's a really wonderful, wonderful exercise. It's sort of core values and strengths. And, mm. and the other thing that goes with this is talking about strengths is to, to do an honest evaluation of, of what you're really good at, 
and what you're not good at and where can you either A, learn what you're not good at or B, can you outsource that? Yeah. So to be really directive about that and to be honest, like we're, we're all not good at everything. I mean, there are some things we can learn, but, and, and the other thing, I think the simple thing is um, I am a very big advocate of educating yourself beyond the quote unquote, you know, standard education, whether that be reading books or podcasts or TEDs or talking to people that um, finding a mentor. So they're sort of educating yourself in any way and multiple ways that interest you so that you can further develop yourself as a leader. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's that reflection, isn't it? That's such a powerful part The allowing yourself to be, I guess, authentic and vulnerable to go, look, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. This is what I need to work on. And it and reflection has such an, um, a real powerful impact in our lives. It really does. And it's, it's hard to do. And it's hard to take a moment and, you know, step aside. I, I mean, I always need to remind myself to, to take a moment because sometimes I feel like I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a runaway train. I'm headed, headed fast. But sometimes, like you said, it's that reflection, mm. um, a personal reflection and what you're doing, what kind of impact you're making can really make you more say, an insightful leader. Yeah. And, it, and it's that willingness to do it, isn't it? Because the, um, you know, when we look at the good leaders, they've got that willingness to be like that, where it's, the people that, you know, that are filling the position don't, you know, and who are, let's say, not so good, is they haven't got that willing to have that reflectiveness on themselves. No, that's very, very true. It's interesting. I was reading um, a book, The Originals by Adam Grant last night, and just about that chapter of hiring is the success of whether you hire someone who has particular skills, if you hire someone smart and can learn the skills, or do you hire someone that is on par with the mission? And it turns out that the, the mission-driven hires actually have more success than the others, which was interesting to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. There was a, there's another thing that I, I find really interesting about you when, when we read your, um, your intro before, is when you talk about you're on a mission to help people embrace their own resilience with the mindset yeah. that wins don't always have to be spectacular. And that to me is a, is a, is a massive one in helping people you know, create success or what I would call create the exceptional life, is that acknowledgement that wins don't have to be huge. Ah, oh, you know, and it's funny, I remind myself and my clients of this all the time because we we do get very goal focused. It's, you know, society mm. makes us, you know, pick a goal, go achieve the goal. And along the way, it can be really frustrating if the goal's not happening fast enough or maybe something doesn't work out and it fails. But if we can just remember that all those small little things on the path, those little things do matter and are leading to something, then I think then there's the opportunity to achieve greatness. I think nothing ever happens. I say nothing ever happens in a straight line, does it? It's all like a non-linear path to success. And you have to be willing to be resilient and to pivot and to embrace, you know, getting pie on your face and, and making mistakes because it's, it's just the reality and it makes you, it's true. It makes you, I think, a more, not only effective, but relatable leader because mm. let's face it, nobody, you know, someone who's perfect is completely intimidating. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's 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 a load of cool little things around that. And there's you know recording your successes, no matter how big or small. So you can go back and acknowledge that actually, do you know what I've done quite well, rather than that huge big win. And then you they look at it because I know when I first started. I was working with a lot of people with chronic stress conditions. Mm -hmm. And one of the great things that they were brilliant at was they would edit their world to fit how they felt at that moment in time. So um, I remember one guy, he would, he would literally edit his day to prove to himself how rubbish his day was. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't until they started to document their successes. Now, from that, from that type of condition, um, and the condition that I had walking down the stairs was a huge win. Yeah. You yeah. know, so by recording those successes, i.e. the the small ones to some people, but the huge ones to others, or maybe it was I've managed to walk three minutes today rather than, you know, two minutes yesterday or whatever it was. By being able to go back and review that and go, actually, do you know what? I'm actually doing quite well. That's no. a That's a big impactful thing as well. And I have to say, as, as as someone who's been fortunate with their health, it's so humbling when I see someone like yourself who has, you know, had that struggle and it makes me have so much gratitude for my life. And I think that's the other thing with those wins is just mm -hmm. also that in a, in a way you also had gratitude. Like I, I went those three minutes, which to most people seems like no big deal, but for you, it was like a human humongous accomplishment for the day. And I think that there's that reflection on just being grateful that you could do it. And then for me, as someone who hears that or observes it, just being so grateful for my life. And I do encourage people to do that too, to, to have a, a gratitude or you know a success, some kind of little journal maybe by your yeah. bedside that you might write one little thing that was great for the day and just see what happens. Yeah, and I think the the other thing isn't it when you when when you're looking at those, you know, as you say, you know, small small can be impactful. It's to make sure that you achieve those wins rather than constantly moving those goalposts in front of you. So you never exactly. really you never really achieve them and then that can be quite a huge letdown as well. Oh, that, I mean, that's sort of the ultimate in sabotage, isn't it? The mm. way we, we tend to sabotage ourselves is we have that voice in our head that says, you're never going to get there. Oh, the goal just got bigger. Oh, you know, that you've failed. And if so, if we don't, if we don't learn to navigate those little wins, then we can really let that voice get quite big. Yeah. One of the other things that really interests me about what you talk about is, is you talk about identify the triggers that detract you from your goals what sort of things have you do you sort of experience when people have done that sort of thing I think this is also about being more emotionally intelligent and aware like we've been discussing of you know what's what gets you off track mm. I know for you know for me personally um, with my clients too that um, those big goals and, you know, wanting it to be a certain way that a sort of idea of perfection can often derail people. I've seen that happen many, many times um, with, with leaders and myself and my clients is that, that idea of something has to be a certain way. And so it's that observation of like what triggers you, what, what gets you off course 
what do you what do you notice about yourself when you have an interaction with someone else are you are you you know are you happy for them are you envious of them do you have fomo fear of missing out like what's what are the triggers you know mm. for externally and also personally and if you can identify those the beauty of it is that you can get more control over them. If you see it happen, it's almost like you see the elephant in the room, you realize that the negative voice is talking to you and you can say, hey, hold on, pal. I don't need you today. I need to move forward. So I'm really excited about this new exclusive and intimate membership I am launching to celebrate the one-year birthday of the show. It's a hybrid combining the benefits of masterminding and group coaching, as well as so much more. It really is stacked full of additional fantastic bonus content. If you're looking for a highly supportive group that will hold you accountable to achieve your goals and assist you to take your life to the next level, this is the community for you. It's called the Success IQ Alliance. And it is only open to 10 people. That's right, only 10 people. If you'd like to be one of those 10, then head over to the Facebook page and register your interest. There is an application process so I can make sure that only the right people become part of this exclusive community. Join this transformational community and start creating that exceptional life today. Visit facebook.com forward stroke success IQ podcast to get all the information you're looking for. So we'll go to the next part of the show. And that's where we put you on the hot seat and ask you the, the questions I ask every single guest who appears on the show and comes on the show. So are you ready? I am ready as I'll ever be, Jeff. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So the first question is, is how much time a week do you spend on self-development? I probably spend, I'm going to say about five hours-ish a week because I, I really love to read and okay. I'm just a voracious reader. And so I, I'm always having you know a book or something that uh, gets me going and educates me and talking to people. So maybe, maybe it could be more, but I'd say an average of five is probably fair. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Do you have a preferred modality that you use? Is reading the one for you or do you like other ones? Um, reading, reading is my, probably my favorite. And I also, I also write. So sometimes I can sabotage myself and read too much instead of write, but writing is absolutely, um, you know, a, journaling and getting my own thoughts out is very important to me. Brilliant. Okay. So the question, no question number two is, is what is your favorite personal development book and why? My favorite book is Liz Gilbert's Big Magic currently. I've, um, I've actually read it twice. And for me, because I like to call myself a practical-minded creative, that book was really expansive for me as I, you know, I guess I'm publishing my first novel next year. And that book not only professionally helped me remember to keep my mind creative, but personally. So it's not your standard business book, but for me, it was very valuable. Yeah, I think I'm, I, I know people have recommended that to me and I'm, I'm, I'm just starting to work on my book uh, probably for the sixth time um, <laughs> again re, at, the, at the minute. And it's, it's, it's trying to get those books that don't necessarily tell you about the, the strategy of writing, but it's telling you about how to harness that creativity in a positive way. 
Exactly. So yeah. So you might find that book, you can read bits and pieces of it. You don't have to read it sequentially, which is kind of nice. She's been on, um, is she the lady who's appeared on the Marie Folio? Has she been on Marie Folio? Yes, she she actually has. And um, and she's the writer who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which was a you know a very oh, okay. popular book. So yeah, yeah. connect that with oh. her. But this this is very different. This is really about when creativity comes your way mm. to be able to um, to catch it so it doesn't go somewhere else. Ah, right. Okay. Oh, I'm intrigued. Okay. I'll have to see if they do that in audio version <laughs> so I can do it when I'm writing. Okay. So question number three is what is your favorite app? My favorite app is Twitter. I think that's actually how you and I met, Jeff, was through It was, absolutely. Uh, And probably even more so now that you can do 280 characters. That's right, that's right. So I write short stories. Actually, oh, uh uh-oh, don't give me another assignment. (laughs) (laughs) What's your mission? It's to write write small stories in 280 characters. There you go. That would be a challenge. Oh, that would be a challenge. But uh, <laughs> no, I do. But I love the interaction, and I really, yeah. I, I tweet thematically, mm. and so um, I've made a lot of really wonderful connections, including yourself through Twitter. So I really feel like it's that has to be my favorite medium. Yeah, it it it's what I like about it is it is short, so yes. you you have to really think about what you're putting in, and and you know, and that it's it's a it is a great communication tool with. As you, you know, as, as you're right, we we met through it through strangers. I think it was your mission. It was one of the. Your, it was a mission that you had that really got me intrigued, and I wanted oh. to reach out to you. It was create. Nice. It was either increase your subscribers or is do something to videos or something like that. And I thought that's a lady. I need to. I need to. <laughs> I need to reach out to. But you see, you you can do that through a platform like Twitter, can't you? You you really can, and you can. You know, I think the no harm, no foul. So it was, wasn't yeah. like we were, you know, I'm in the, the US and you're in the UK and yeah. and we can have a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, question number four is, what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? And you know, I always, I'm resilient. So I always think of these things as yeah. learning, of course. But <laughs> my... Um, my biggest mistake, I don't even think it's a mistake. I could say not uh, not doing this years ago when I should have, but I'm going to say that a lot of people do come to me for partnership and relationships. And I'm a very nice person. And I think that I've had, you know, not that anything has gone awry, but I've had relationships that I probably should have cut off earlier. So that lesson in there is to really to trust your gut and have those really difficult conversations. Uh, And I think really it's about, it's a theme of my work in the past couple weeks is all my clients seem to be having tremendously difficult conversations in their lives and myself included having those difficult conversations actually can clear air or make, make you part ways uh, with someone that really isn't serving what you do. So it's re- essentially important, even though they're tremendously uncomfortable. But they yeah, always no. feel, they're always worth it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, just, I always say meeting, meeting everyone I meet teaches me something. 
Yes, absolutely. You know, even if it's I never want to see them again, it still taught me a lesson. <laughs> That's very you, true. It's it's good know. to know what you don't want as much as it's good to know what you do want. It's essentially yeah. important. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, question number five is what are your challenges in balancing work? No, I'm going to change that. What are your challenges in balancing life and work? And how do you manage them? Well, I think that for me, I actually really love to work and I love what I'm doing. So, you know, and I, my husband is, I love my relationship with my husband. So I really, um, I have to get better at setting parameters that I don't have to work all the time that I do need to really shut off. And it's hard with, you know, social media and cell phones and iPads and all the media that we can get. So, so really being able to, to shut off and have it be okay is, is something that I'm always, I always seem to be working on, but, uh, but I do like to have fun. You know, I'm a triathlete and I'm a yogi and sporty. So I do get out and take care of my, my body. So that does give me good balance. I ran, I ran this morning and I thought, oh, why don't I just, I just must put this on my schedule more than I've been doing lately. Yeah, I've been, I've, people have been trying to persuade me to do, I'm, I'm not a runner, I'm not built for running. Um, <laughs> I might one day, I think there's a runner somewhere inside me. Um, but, <laughs> there's a runner um, in everyone, Yeah, Jeff. exactly, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, for me, it's one of the things I'm possibly looking at doing is yoga, because um, um, people keep talking about it and saying it's a good thing, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I might, I might give it a try. Yeah, I, I think you just have to find one that, that you like. It's like finding uh, finding a coach. Just don't think the first one is the the be all end all, but find one that actually suits you. And I, I do think yoga for me has really has really been a, a lifesaver. Something I've done for about twenty years, and I find that it's just it's my way of having a moving meditation. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was ill, I did Tai Chi and Qigong, um, and one of the things that that one of the things I found very frustrating but taught me an amazing thing was the the need to slow down you know Tai Chi is not it's not like a you know a, a rave you know it's not supposed to be all quick so to actually have to slow down and do those and do those moves and those postures really I, I really really found it challenging just because oh I bet I was trying to mm -hmm. you know I'm as my um as my grandfather used to say, I'm trying to run around like a blue ass fly. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's those sort of things that, you know, slowing down was a great lesson for me yeah, to help in, in order to help me heal. So the next question is, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? The advice I would give is that don't think what you've done is going to automatically lead to, to business that you really have to, to work it. Um, and I, I already knew this, but I, if someone had just kind of sat me down and had a, you know, face to face and really told me this, I think it would have helped because I think the, the leap from going from, from corporate or, you know, 17 years at the same firm and going, being an entrepreneur, there was, you know, there was a transition time that, you know, it's not that comfortable. You're not going to fully replicate, even though you know these things, you're not fully replicating what you've done before, but you're, you're rebranding yourself. And people told me it takes time, but I don't know, maybe more tough talk on that. 
but yeah, suppose you've got this, you've got this passion fueling you to move forward. And it's, you know, that passion and that desire to set something up is like rocket fuel. And it, it doesn't always give you that opportunity to take a pause and go, I need to think about my strategy. Cause that's, you know, it's this, this burning desire to get started. It, there is. And, you know, even with the best laid plans, it's, it never really goes according to plan and there's no, you know, quote unquote business plan of, like I said, the non, when you're doing the non-linear path, it, things are going to be, things are going to be different. So I think my advice to be is don't, don't be discouraged, like stay, try and stay as positive that you can and bring in a team of confidants, mentors, people to really remind you of why you're doing what you're doing to sort of keep you, keep you positive and not discouraged. I think that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay. Um, question number seven is what is your definition of success? My definition of success is freedom to really both live the life that you want to live and to be able to make that impact of what you want to make in this life, to really be able to expound upon your mission and impact people in a positive way. But really, that has to do with the freedom to, to customize your life in that way and have that balance. It's, it's really important for me. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Question number eight is, what, um, what is a, a, hab- a morning habit you do to help you get into that you know, that, that optimal state to get you working at your optimum level? I have been doing one simple thing of when I wake up, rather than just catapult out of bed, I, I try and take a moment and just um, be grateful that I woke up. That sounds kind of silly, but just to be grateful that I, I get another day to be positive in this world and make an impact. And I'm, you know, I'm such a a lucky person that I get to do that. So it's just a sort of simple, it's just simple little thing. And then I I do some sort of workout, which I always find that, and you know this about me, that I feel like body is connected to the brain. So I have to take care of my body in some way um, so that my brain can be sharp. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Okay, so the final question is the life lesson question. So all you need to do is pick a number between 1 and 50, and whatever number that lands on, we will see what lesson that lands on, and we will have it as a discussion point. It's fine for you to disagree with it because it's a life lesson, so maybe you've learned something different. Great. I love the spin the wheel. And the, the number that's coming up for me today is 23. 23 okay so 23 is (laughs) okay so honestly we have not spoken about this but this is about record successes oh that's so funny i know can you believe that um that's really funny (laughs) so i mean i didn't tell you i was psychic yeah (laughs) to go into this in a little bit more detail the reason why i had this as a as a life lesson was is because when I was ill, the only thing I could remember was the bad stuff. So what I generally would do is I would record what was rubbish about my life. So and and quite quite often I would almost out of ten rate how crap my day was, not how good my day was. Um, and when I started the this exploration of what is it that makes people um, achieve more, be better, you know, look in at the positive aspects of life. 
the big thing for me was was to record those little things. And as we we talked about earlier on in the in the, in the show, it was you know to because quite often just to walk downstairs would take me about half an hour. Now I don't live in a twelve story building or anything like that, but it would be to walk downstairs. It would take me about twenty to twenty five minutes. Then I would have to rest for ten to fifteen minutes. Then I would walk to the bath to the um to, well to any room really. Um, but so my day was mostly based on planning was movement, not going enjoying the day or and there's you know I was ill for really probably about five and a half six years. There's only so much Jeremy Kyle you can watch or or Jerry Springer. I think Jerry Springer was the one that you could watch most of the time, and you can like look there and go, "Is this all my life is?" You know, and I talk about it's existing, not not. Um, I was existing, not living. And when you start to identify, and we talked about this before we aired, is it's the simple things that can make massive radical change, and it's the simple things that create that fundamental foundation for you to build on the more complicated, you know, development mindset and all sorts of things. But to get into that routine of, you know. You're going to have rubbish days, but if you've got something that you can record your successes on and then you can review it on a day-to-day basis to go, actually, do you know what? It's not as bad as it was. That's what the key thing, the key thing is. And I wonder what you thought about that. Oh, well, I really, you brought tears to my eyes, Jeff, because it's, your story is so inspiring to me because you know that. Jeez, I'm sorry. Just you brought you brought some tears because I I feel that so passionately that um, whatever challenges that we have, I mean, and we, we all have them. Um, and and a friend of mine told me something very interesting recently about you know that she she had something horrific happen to her, and she said, you know, yes, that happened to me, but you know what? It doesn't matter, big or small that whatever it is for somebody is is really traumatic for them so it just that's the sort of beauty of lack of judgment and like you said that that little action of saying okay okay this was a rubbish day but but this this thing happened you know i you know some somebody said hello to me and made me feel happy i don't know just that they, the little things are are just so important because you know, it's easy. It's easier to go into that that black hole. Um, it, it's harder sometimes to to look at the little stuff because it seems so insignificant. But the the lesson is that it it doesn't matter how tiny it is if it's important and you saw it. So I I do really I think that re that resilience and that you know putting it down on paper is a wonderful thing. And I will tell you one exercise that I make clients do i'll give this to you and your audience that is um it's called a i call it a brag sheet and it's actually to freehand on a piece of paper not type um but or record if if you're not a writer but just freehand all the wonderful things that you've done like all the braggy braggadocious things that you've done and you don't have to show anyone but after you've done it just observe what happens yeah yeah it's really interesting that one because when i when i did some training with um with uh, jack canfield over 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 in your neck of the woods 
um, one of the exercises was to write down things that I had achieved and things that I would love people to say. And then what we what we did was is is there's a group of us stood in the middle of the room, closed our eyes, and had people walk by and say those things to us. It was one of the most um, positive reinforcing strategies that I have ever had. And it was almost like, um, well, for me, it was the way I described it, it was quite a spiritual experience because it was like these voices just coming in and then disappearing and then a different voice coming in and disappearing. And it, the amount of people it brought to tears because no one's, no one's either ever said those things to me or I would hear people say them but not really take them on board. You know, when people give you a compliment and it's like, yeah, thanks. Um, I, feel, I feel really stupid now because you've just given me a compliment. And then they, would, they wouldn't really stop for a moment and take it in. And I, I love that. I love the brag sheet. I think that yeah. I think I think not enough people brag in a positive and reinforcing exactly. way, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And look at that powerful experience you have. And and I say the brag sheet, really, people people who feel uncomfortable with it, and most people do, are not braggarts or narcissists. If you were a braggart or a narcissist, you'd be like, Yes, I love that exercise. Yeah. Bring it on. Wait, then you're saying <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, Elizabeth, could you give us um, or share with the audience how people could find out more about you, how they can get hold of you on social media? Absolutely. You can find me on my website. I actually have a resilience quiz that's really fun. It just pops up. You can take it. It's at www.mccourtleadership.com. And how you and I met, the Twitter, that is EC McCourt. And, and just a fun thing, like I said, I published a novel and um, it's called Sin in the Big Easy. It's actually how my creative mind works. It's not technically about leadership, but it's about flexing your mind. So that's available on Amazon. And like I said, it's called Sin in the Big Easy. So that's, that's really a fun project. Is too. Big Easy New York or is Big Easy? New Orleans. New Orleans. All right. Yeah, okay. New Orleans. Affectionately called the Big Easy. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, well, that will definitely go in the show notes with your links and your social media handles and all of that sort of stuff as well. Um, it gives me the final opportunity to say thanks very much for joining me on the show. Um, it's been lovely to have you on, and I just want to wish you the greatest success. Oh, thank you, Jeff. And, and back at you. Thank you for having me on and for being an inspiration. Thank you very much. You take care of yourself. You too. Bye-bye. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.